Welcome to Vital Life Connection with Oren Rudolph. Discovering in Christ to love the life we live and learning how to live a life of love. All right, welcome back, everyone. And once again, we've got David Susan. I've, we've been having a fascinating uh, conversation on his new book, Balls, and and just the success principles that are coming out of this. And today's podcast, I really want to dig into one of those principles, and that is the whole aspect of uh, having balls or the aspect of fear. Um, just myself, you know, just in the last year, in especially in 2018, that was an area that really impacted me, having to make transitions in my life and and trying to figure out, do I take that next step and worrying about finances or worrying about different aspects in my life. If I take that step, will I fall? Will What will happen? And listening to David last week, again, just sharing some of the stuff, the very first uh, principle that he speaks about is having balls is is such an incredible principle is that that's really what separates some of the top people, people who have built multi-billion dollar businesses, who've had successful uh, careers in athletics or in like you were mentioning like about the, the downhill skier, all of these things, one thing that really showed up was each person had the guts, had the balls to go ahead when everybody else was telling them, don't do it. So David, let's talk a little bit about that first principle. And I want to, obviously you you can get his book and there's a lot of stuff in there that you can read about it. So a lot of stuff that David's going to be sharing is not going to be in the book well, I don't want him to give his book away to you on the podcast. What I want to kind of maybe do is take some of those principles that he's going to really refine within his book when you when you read it, is to really maybe take it back to his life. Is there been areas in your life, David, where you've seen where balls has, having balls has really launched you and where it's hindered you in times as you've, because I, I kind of think, and I'm speaking a lot here, in my own life, and in my own books, book that I've written, none of us are perfect. And so we write out of our failures and our successes. And I'm sure you wrote out of this, seeing all those thousands of people you interviewed, but also in your own life where you felt that you might have not had the balls and other places where you've seen you've had the balls. Maybe share, do you have any stories of in that? And, and I'm jumping on you here. No, but. no, it's totally fair. Thank you. By the way, thank you for having me today. So I'll just tell you, you know, you mentioned this in one of our earlier conversations that at this point, I've I've traveled hundreds of cities, uh, U.S. and internationally, spoken to tens of thousands of people, and I'm fairly comfortable in front of thousands of people. Right. The funny thing is, I wasn't always this way. In fact, I grew up, I was very shy, I was very introverted. I started learning to be extroverted and not extroverted, but being comfortable doing it but I never was comfortable being in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. I mentioned last week that I had worked at IBM. One of my, one of my most memorable moments of, of fear and being able to come out of fear was the fact that my manager had asked me, it was like my first year, I was right out of college, and we had a new product announcement. He said, Dave, what I'd like you to do is invite a bunch of customers in, and I'd like you to do a presentation and present our new product Here's our, our slide deck, PowerPoint slides. All you got to do is go through the slide deck. And I'm like, sure, no problem. What do I need to do to send the invites? So I mailed them out to all the customers. 
uh, they call to our customer center, they register, right? Everything's good. And then comes the day that I have to do the presentation. And I freaked <laughs> out because I remember the nightmare presenting in my college class where uh -huh. I froze and almost passed out and my professor had to tell me to sit down. Yes. I remember in high school freezing. I remember all the times in my life where I had to stand up and speak and I froze. And here I am in a business environment and I know today I've got to get up in front of business people and do a presentation. And I was freaking out. I barely slept the night before. I was up reading, looking at my slides, trying to, and early in the morning, about eight o'clock in the morning, I get a call from my manager. And he says to me, Steve says to me, Dave, I'm so sorry. I can't be in your presentation today. I've got called away to another meeting offsite. So if you need something, you know, good luck. It, right. It's all on you. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Steve, I'm, you know, sorry, so sorry right. you can't be there. Yeah. I hang up the phone and I immediately call one of my coworkers, also named Dave. And I go, Dave, I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out. I can't do this. I can't do it. I can't do it. You got to do it. You got to do it. You got to do the presentation for me. I can't do it. I can't present. I can't stand up in front of people. Mm -hmm. And I chickened out. Oh, wow. And he did the presentation for me. And I, I was so embarrassed. And in mm. fact, what happened was I never told my manager and he never found out. Oh, wow. Okay. And I thought, this is part of my job. Mm -hmm. And if I can't do this, I'm going to be fired. Yeah. I'm like 22, 23 years right, old. Right. And I said, I just, I, I, I am, I'm embarrassed. I can't do this. So fast forward a number of weeks and I remember my manager walking by one day and he said, hey, there's this 12-week program that teaches you how to improve memory, how to improve speaking, mm. how to improve human relations. It was a program called Dale Carnegie. It used to be 12 weeks long. Right. And he said, if you, so anyone wants to do it, and I'm like, I don't want to, but I have to. Right. I, that's, I didn't say that. I thought it. And I signed up. And uh, every week for 12 weeks... I had to put myself out there and I had to present in front of 20 or 30 people mm. every week for 12 weeks. And you talk about fear right. and you talk about balls, having balls and going balls to the wall. I literally knew I had to get out of my comfort right. zone. And so every week I made a commitment that I was going to go over the top. Mm. I was going to do, I was going to be someone I never was. I was, I was quiet shy, uncomfortable. I'm going to get up and do a little five-minute talk every week, and I'm going to be over the top. I'm going to be, have high energy. I'm going to pretend I'm confident. I'm going to pretend I'm funny. I'm going to pretend I'm going to pretend I'm going to pretend. Fake it until you make Fake it. Fake it until you make it. <laughs> and I literally every week said, if I push myself this far, maybe what will stick will be half of that which will still be twice what I used to be. Mm. And that was kind of my philosophy. Right. And so for 12 weeks, I just went literally balls to the wall. And it was partially out of fear. I mean, right. I was scared to death. Right. I thought I was going to get fired. Well, here's the funny thing. Of the 12 weeks, every week they gave an award. I won an award for it of the 12 weeks for speaking. Oh, wow. And I started building my... I, it started to become fun. Yes. And I realized wow, this is kind of cool. And then I remember back to when I was 16 years old 
seeing this guy stand up and present. And I thought, oh my goodness, this vision I had of 16 years old watching some guy thinking, I wish I could do that, I'm now doing it. And then what happened was I started putting myself in speaking positions at work. And I went back to my manager and I said, hey, let's do another event. Let's do a seminar. Let's do this. And I forced myself and I started speaking regularly mm-hmm. to groups and clients. And that's how I eventually overcame fear. It's how I overcame stage fright mm-hmm. and ultimately fell in love with it. And like I said, in 2000, right. 2001, 2002, I realized this is where I want to lead yeah. my rest of my life. That's a great story, David. I'm jumping on to you again. And one of those questions, as we said already in the previous podcast, that I don't script any of this and I like everything to come out natural. And and so you dealt with your issue of speaking. Obviously, not every listener uh, that's listening here is maybe even ever wanting to speak in front of crowds or have no passion because that was a passion that you had eventually cultivated. What do you say to taking this whole having balls to a businessman, let's say, who's wanting to grow his business or step into a new area where they're going to be moving out of a salaried position into running a business or somebody who's knows that in order for their businesses to be successful, they've got to open up for more product or, you know, you know what I'm saying. Absolutely. They're they're wanting to expand. They're wanting to grow, but it's fear. Fear grips them. The economies, you know, there's an economy issue or maybe, uh, you know, the little voice in their ear is saying, you know what, you could go bankrupt, but they know that they need to make decisions and this fear is holding them back. How do they, it's easy to say have balls, but what happens if, it's really cold outside and they've shrunk a little. So here's what an awesome question. I love that because I am not natural. Everything I've done in my life has not been natural. Nothing's comfortable. Not a natural athlete, not natural at sales, not natural at leadership, not natural at communication, not natural at being uh, speaking, extrovert, anything. Nothing in my life has been natural. I've had to work at it and push. And so as I got older, I started looking back and going, what did I do? And I started analyzing it and I started looking at other people and what did they do and how do you overcome this? And related to the fear, what I realized is fear is a negative expectation. Mm -hmm. Fear is thinking about everything that could go wrong. Fear is worry. Worry is thinking what's wrong, what yes. could go wrong. So when we have, when we don't want to take action, it's because we're thinking of a future event, a future feeling, a future. It's all future, right? But it's all made up, right? It's all in your head. I love You're that. fabricating it. I love that, yeah. So what I realized is, I said, okay, so that's a negative expectation. Mm-hmm. What do we call a positive expectation? Mm-hmm. What do we call, and we call it anticipation. Mm -hmm. And think about that. When you're excited to go to the amusement park, you're excited to go to a a party, you're excited to go on a date, you're excited to do some event. You anticipate. And what is anticipation? It's expecting what's going to go right, not what's going to go wrong. Right. And so anticipation 
pulls you forward. Mm. Whereas fear and worry pushes you back. So what I thought is, so hang on a minute. If we're making a projection of the future, neither one is real. Anticipation is not real. You're guessing that it'll be fun. And fear and worry are a negative expectation of what's going to go wrong. They're all future-based. What's the difference? One is a positive outlook of what could go right. The other is a negative outlook of what could go wrong. None of them are real, but we're making them real in our head. So what if we start looking at something where we have anxiety? And what if we say, how do we, if we, if we have the decision of how we look at it, and it's fake anyway, we're just making it up. Mm-hmm. Why don't we choose an empowered view? Mm. So you, you need to call someone. Maybe it's about a bill or a a problem or a situation or whatever it is. And instead of expecting negative, oh, I'm not going to know the answer. They're going to be mad at me. Maybe maybe it's going to turn out bad. Mm. What if we anticipate positive expectation of what's going to go right? Mm. They're waiting for my call. They're going to be helpful. I'm going to know all the answers. If I don't know the answer, they're going to help me. It's a great perspective, yes. Wow. And so one of the things that I teach people to do when I'm coaching them or teaching or training is I say, set positive expectations. And Mm. one of the ways I do that is I say, either through positive visualization, where you visualize, I'm growing my business and there's this risk or fear. But again, that's negative. Mm -hmm. Well, what if it worked? What if it worked well? Put that vision of success, mm. a vision of a successful phone call, a vision of you speaking in front of a group and them laughing and cheering, right. a vision of a date going well, a vision of right. whatever that success is. And the second thing I do in, in on top of visualization is affirmations. Mm-hmm. Regularly repeat to yourself, I can do this. I'm confident. I'm excited. It's yes. going to go well. I'm going to know the answers. The right answers will come into my head. The business will grow. I'll find the right partner. I'll f- and you start affirming visu- not only visually but verbally through affirmations. It's a you know that's a great perspective. I mean we've all heard of the cliches you know fear f e a r false evidence appearing real or future events appearing real. Correct. Yeah, and then you've all heard of <clears throat> turn it into a stepping stone failure into a stepping stone from a stumbling block and those things. But you put it into real great perspective because it's fine to listen to cliches but and we hear cliches all the time and there's always truth within cliches the problem is is that we've kind of the the, the truth has been hidden within the cliche itself and we discount them and we discount them and i think also you know with this the world we are so used to fear in this world today you turn on any news channel and that's all they preach is they preach fear what's going to go wrong not what's going to go right and so it's, as you've said we've almost conditioned mm-hmm. ourselves to always expect the worst and not the best. And it's a real reprogramming of that mind to move into rethinking Absolutely. Our, and looking. And I love how, how you put that. That is really good. And so, you know, you want to know more about David, go to his website at davidsusan.com. That's David, S-U-S-O-N, Susan.com. You can also find his book, Balls, The Three Secrets of Sales Success by David Susan on Amazon. And you can get him, get it there. And I encourage you, go and get this. You know, be it that you're in sales or not, that doesn't really matter. These principles are universal. These principles are powerful that you can utilize in your life, 
in your family, in your marriage. They're just talking about marriage. You know, there's many times you have to have balls when when everybody else is saying, leave that person. It takes balls. It takes more balls to stay with somebody than it is to walk out the back door. It takes more balls to help your children than it is to desert them. It takes, a, you know, relationships takes balls. Uh, business takes balls. Uh, sales takes ball. All these things take some strength and some anticipation of good success rather than running away. So thank you, David. It's thank been you a for great. Thank you for listening to Vital Life Connection with Oren Rudolph. For more information on other available teaching, please visit our website at orenrudolph.com and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash orenrudolph.